Hi, everyone, and welcome back to yet another edition, cracking edition, rather, another edition. It's always cracking edition, you guys know that, <laughs> of the Matt Brown Show. And this is obviously the Secrets of uh, Fail series where we are talking to business leaders and CEOs and entrepreneurs all about their epic business blunders. And uh, with us in the hot seat today is the president of a cool company, which I just learned about, called Mark Taylor. Um, and his name is John Carlson. Welcome to the show. Hello, Matt. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Oh, mate, the privilege is all mine. So um, let's uh, get into the the details here, right? So let's kick us off with the elevator pitch. Uh, what exactly are you up to there at um, at Mark Taylor? Sure. Uh, Mark Taylor is a luxury, um, I'll say, developer and manager of apartment homes in both Arizona and, and Nevada. Um, so we were founded in 1985 by Jeff Mark and Scott Taylor, thus the name Mark Taylor. We've developed just over 20,000 units since 1985. Uh, and currently manage about 25,000 Class A apartment homes uh, in Arizona and Nevada, and we also consult. So uh, that's the the quick down and dirty of Mark Taylor. Sounds very cool. Um, so how, what's the property market doing at the moment? With because uh, all I hear about is housing shortages and interest rates, and you know people not being able to afford the, the American dream. <laughs> sure. So what uh, what do you see on the ground, just top level? Yeah, so certainly, um, you know, we saw and you've seen this in the media, you know, from really from the from the COVID or pandemic through 2022 end of uh, tremendous rent growth. Uh, and that was really a result of, of I'll say, supply issues uh, or supply constraints across the country. Uh, today, we've evolved into what I'll say is more of a uh, equilibrium or negative rent growth uh, marketplace, specifically in Phoenix and Las Vegas. Uh, we've had a lot of supply that was delayed uh, because of lots of things, right? Supply chain issues, labor shortages. So you've had a, uh, I'll say, a cresting of supply happening in 2023 and uh, continuing into 2024 and 2025. Uh, and that's really across the country. So the good news is we've seen absorption rates uh, remain really strong, re very robust across the country. Uh, obviously, it's different by submarket, but nonetheless, uh, there's been some rent relief from uh, a renter perspective, which has been great. Uh, overall, the rents in Phoenix Metro are down just over 3% year over year, um, which is creating some more affordability as, as we know, inflation has been an issue uh, collectively across the country. So uh, some good relief for renters, uh, mind you. Finally, right? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I know that every time. So, uh, well, I would, obviously, we could spend a whole hour here talking about the property market, but obviously, we don't have time for that on this series. Um, so, John, what is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? Well, I have many, Matt, uh, but uh, in preparation for this, I went back to my notes, and it was pretty easy to, to determine one I wanted to share. Um, so, I took over as president in 2016. Uh, and we really created a, uh, I'll say a laundry list of things that we wanted to accomplish within our organization as we grew towards 2020 and beyond. And one of the things we put together and, and really created a rallying cry around was 20K by 2020. So 20,000 units by 2020. So we were about just say 12,000 units in change under management in 2007 or 2017. And the idea being, we wanted to really push growth. Um, you know, we had our vision and mission statements uh, in place, uh, but we felt like there was an opportunity based on the market fundamentals and cycle to really capture uh, a lot more units than we typically would take on from a growth perspective. And we went as far as creating T-shirts and you know company events. It was always 20k by 2020. What 
what I didn't realize was what kind of pressure that was going to put on the organization uh, in terms of how that was presented. And really, uh, I'll say there was a lot of folks walking on eggshells. And, and by 2019, we probably had the highest turnover we've had on record. Uh, and it really, um, I think at the heart of it came back to 20,000 units by 2020, which you had, you just think about the, the mental anxiety of managers, asset managers, business development, everyone trying to just go, 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 go. Um, as a foundational rally cry, and it just it, it did the opposite effect and really caused some uh, interior harm to our culture uh, and just kind of how we've always been as as a people first company. Sure, that's a, it's a crazy story. That hey? I mean, uh, it's funny how there's like there's unintended consequences of something that on the face of it does didn't seem like anything untoward. In fact, it'd be like, well, this is what we're aspiring to be, and and obviously, as you've said, there was <laughs> some unintended consequences there. Uh, so, John, curious to uh, double click on what you learned from that whole experience. You know, when um, when you think about that, what lesson do you now take forward? Uh, you know, into uh, the business today. Well, I think, you know, we've always been um, really uh, in the marketplace known for our culture and our people. And, you know, we had to take a step back uh, in 2019 and say, okay, what things do we really want to focus on as an organization to ensure that we're successful long term? Because we really think about our organization uh, in terms of being infinite. So if you've read Simon Sinek, The Infinite Game, uh, we've been in business 38 years. Well, what we want to be in business in perpetuity, so 40, 50, 60 years and beyond. And what I realized, what we realized uh, in that year was, okay, let's let's back up a step. Let's let's take a deep breath. Uh, let's drop the acceleration cycle and say, okay, what really matters? And we created three strategic initiatives that we are still focused on today and will be in perpetuity. But it was thinking about the organization through people first lens. So it was people, excellence, and growth. And um, what we did in terms of investing in the organization. So we, we slowed down our, our growth purposely and said, okay, let's focus on the things that actually matter. And we said, let's invest uh, more heavily in HR uh, and learning and development. So let's really ramp up those two departments within our organization and then really create the right culture from the, the very first day of employment. So we revamped our, our entire onboarding process. We really focused on, you know, what we're doing, the why behind it. Uh, I meet with our new hires every Monday purposely uh, for about an hour to really discuss that, to ensure that they know where I'm coming from and that they know the direction we're going and the why. So I'd say fast forward to 2023, uh, it's all people first. And what I can tell you, Matt, is what I've learned is if we would have done that initially, uh, the units would have come, right? We we're, we're growing faster than we ever have today, but we have the right people, the right infrastructure in place, uh, and our turnovers as low as ever uh, because of that foundational aspect that that investment in both HR, human capital, and training. And I can tell you that folks recognize that there is a career path for them once they they connect with Mark Taylor. The growth still matters, uh, but it's always people first. And I think that resonates well with not only our long term employees. But someone that's just stepping into this role or, or into real estate with Mark Taylor for the first time, and they're really finding a way to connect to the organization, which is one thing I challenge each new hire group with, is like, what's your personal mission statement? Uh, if you don't have one, write one down over the next 90 days and then try to connect to Mark Taylor's mission statement. And if you can, you'll be successful and you'll be here a long time. Hmm. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. Um, so tell me, um, John, if you could get into the Matt Brown show time machine and kind of go back to yourself when obviously the wheels were falling off, so to speak, um, what would you do differently and why? 
you know, one of my personal mantras, and it's actually one of our, our principles is be better than yesterday. So I think I would have moved um, more swiftly in terms of understanding what the dynamic or what the, the I'll say, the, the pressure I was putting on the organization. Um, I would have been a better listener at the time. Uh, and certainly uh, as being transparent as one of our found, founding principles, really listening to uh, our, our entire organization, you know, bottom up, top down. And just saying, what are you guys feeling? You know, how does this how does this strategy make uh, Mark Taylor more successful? What things are we doing that are potentially pulling us back or hindering our growth? Uh, and I would have moved moved more swiftly. And I think, you know, as I talk to many CEOs and presidents across the country, um, you know, those instincts kick in, right? Those those spidey senses. Uh, but it's how fast you move, right? Can you move and, and redirect? And I'm confident if I would have been, you know, more able to listen to our culture or people at the time, uh, I would have been more swift to act and said, no, 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 I got to hit pause here, right? It's okay to take a breath. <laughs> uh, we do it all the time, right? Okay, we need a breath here. That's what that's what the, the, the culture is saying. And I would have immediately doubled down on, on our HR investment, our people investment and learning and development. I was just a little bit slow at the time. So yeah. time machine uh, swiftly would have moved in that direction. Very, very cool. And so, uh, John, what's your advice to other CEOs, uh, entrepreneurs out there about, you know, the importance of failing, you know, in figuring out how to become successful in whatever, in whatever it is that you're trying to do in business? Well, you know, the, uh, the great Jordan Peterson, uh, I love his books and his podcasts, and he'll always say there's real utility uh, and humility, right? Because you have to say, you know what, I was wrong. I'm open to that. Uh, I'm not perfect. And just say, okay, what can I learn in this moment uh, to really propel myself and our organi organization going forward? So I think humility matters. Um, being being willing to listen uh, to your stakeholders, to the people that actually genuinely care about an organization, listening to your employees, having a 360-degree transparent culture so that if someone raises their hand, uh, if it's a brand-new service technician saying, hey, why are we doing things like this? I think there's a better way to do it. And us having the humility to say, oh, we don't have everything figured out. Let's listen uh, as much as possible. If that's the right idea, it fits within the script of our foundational mission, vision, and our principles. Let's roll with it. And I think we have a really good um, organization in terms of, of creating that clear feedback loop. And without that, I don't know how you can be successful because you have to listen. You have to understand how how your culture is doing because I think it's it's really hard to build a culture over time, but you can swiftly uh, really break that down and eliminate some of the momentum you've had with a few bad decisions. Mm. And uh, you mentioned obviously Jordan's uh, podcast uh, as an example. Are there other like tools, resources, books, podcasts that you recommend? I mean, I'm a I'm a diehard podcaster. So Matt Brown, of course, uh, the Matt Brown Show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I love Jordan Peterson. Uh, all the greats, Lex Friedman, uh, is enjoyable because he has a lot of really deep, thoughtful thinkers. Uh, and I think that's helped me think about the world a bit differently. Um, you probably saw Elon Musk's algorithm release uh, most recently that uh, the author Isaacson put out. I thought that was uh, incredibly cool hearing his story about how he slept uh, in the tent of his manufacturing plant uh, for, for two straight years, essentially, uh, trying to get that Model S uh, off the ground. Um, so I, I, I think those are two great podcasters. Um, I think, you know, anything Simon Sinek's great. Um, I'm not saying he runs a bunch of businesses as a CEO, but 
lot of you have a lot of um I, I think thoughtful dynamic uh uh, I'll say directions for CEOs to think about. It doesn't mean we have to go down those pathways, but uh, I think the infinite game matters most to me uh, because that really puts us in a, in a position to think long-term. You know, we're not making immediate decisions. We're not, we're not a public company. We don't have to think quarterly. We've got to make, you know, the numbers work for this quarter. So we're investing today to ensure that we're successful tomorrow. And uh, I, I think that's a great foundation for success long-term. Very, very cool. And uh, of course, you've got your own podcast uh, launching, I believe, uh, later this week, right? Uh, in October, actually, Multifamily Forward. So yes, we've uh, we've wrapped basically every episode with the exception of one. We'll finalize that this week and we'll start launching them uh, in two weeks uh, increments in, in October. Very cool, buddy. It's the best thing you'll ever do <laughs> is running a show. Yeah. Trust me. It's the best thing ever, man. But look, um, John, thanks so much for coming on the show and for lending your perspective that unfortunately does conclude your time in the hot seat. Appreciate you lending your perspective and congrats on turning everything around and building such a successful uh, business and culture at the end of the day. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the time. Everybody else, we'll see you again soon. Cheers for now. 